Welcome to Marathon Swim Stories. It's me, Shannon Keegan. My pace at churning out episodes has slowed considerably. Did you notice? And while I've welcomed the break, having extra time has also been crazy making. I've never considered myself an anxious person, but I've had some paralyzing COVID anxiety lately. How are you handling it? Email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. I'd love to hear what you're doing to cope. I'm back with another guest today. Jennifer Dutton started marathon swimming across Candlewood Lake in Connecticut as a teenager in the 80s. 10 miles as part of a fundraiser swim. Everyone did it. It wasn't a big deal. We didn't even train, she says. Now, a mother of two college-age kids, Jennifer recently brought marathon swimming full circle by completing 27 miles in Lake Cochituate at her parents' house. It wasn't the swim she wanted to do this year, but with her parents, who were her first supporters cheering her on, and her son, who she was pregnant with during one of her many Boston Light Swims kayaking for her, you can hear in her voice how special it was. I loved hearing that her son was out kayaking for her now, as I've started to encourage my five-and-a-half-year-old to accompany me. It thrilled me to hear Jennifer mention that she swam Boston Light when she was pregnant, because I completed many swims in 2014 when I was pregnant with Rowan. I can hardly imagine him swimming the 36 miles down the Red River and wet, but I love how Jennifer describes this particular circle of life. We had some challenges with Zoom, so we're only able to connect with Jennifer by phone, so it's fuzzy in some spots. I hope you enjoy this episode. despite your technical issues. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? How did you yeah, start so, swimming? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I started swimming. Uh, it was just kind of a, my town had a pool in the high school. And, um, you know, when I was about 10, I am not, athle- uh, not athletic in anything. So I had never really found a sport, but I knew how to swim. We'd always been around lakes. So, you know, my newest friend when we moved to Connecticut brought me to swim team tryouts. And that was, that I made it, which was weird. And then I, which I thought, you know, was odd. And then I just stayed with it and it became quite a, quite a good social thing for me. So swimming itself, probably since I was, I mean, I've swimming since little, but competitive swimming started at like 10 or 11. So, um, and always swimming in lakes because we've always, I've grown up around lakes. So uh, that's, that's been kind of always in the background and never, never really thought much about it. Um, but uh, turns out it, it kind of gave me a good background. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, um, yeah, for growing up around lakes, for sure. When did you yeah. start pushing distances? Um, well, I, <laughs> my dad always had a rule that if you could swim across the lake, you didn't have to wear the life jacket. You could have just the cushion on the boat, you know. And uh, so that was, so we got to do it, did a half mile and I, it didn't really seem like pushing enough time, but it was a half mile, uh, and that, you know, probably did that at age 10, you know, 10, probably once you realize how you didn't want to wear a life jacket on the boat. Yeah. <laughs> um, pretty sure that rule is not in effect anymore. That was just a Dave Spencer rule. That was not an actual rule, but um, I think that's what he had to do um, when he was young. So probably 10, you know, did that. And I think I, I remember at some point around then doing like a, um, 
5,000 years, 200 length swimathon ah, for some uh. So that was, and I, I remember that being a big deal and going around and collecting funds and stuff. Um, but my first really long one was 10 miles. We had a swim uh, in our town or right next to our town in Candlewood Lake in Connecticut. And we, all of us who lived there, um, basically always worked on the lake. All the New York City people came out and had communities in our town. And so we were the townies and we always worked on Candlewood. So um, we, they, so there was this, this Red Cross ran this fundraiser swim. And, um, and so we just, people just did it. Um, they just did it. So the friends of mine did it one year and then the next year they kind of asked me if I wanted to do it. And I was like, yeah, maybe. And then um, a friend of mine asked me if they were just, we would do it in pairs and just bring along like the cutest, cutest guys we knew to be the uh, rowers. To, there really weren't kayaks back then, but canoers usually. And uh, so I said, all right, I'll, I'll do it. And, and we just, we didn't train. We just, we just did it. And, you know, my parents are like non, this whole thing was, they are not psycho parents at all. And so they were just sort of like, oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Um, you know, let us know if you need a ride or whatever. And, and I, I, I think my mother was more nervous than that, but that's the impression I had was that no one particularly thought it was a big deal. So I was like, all right, it's not a big deal. So, um, so we did 10 miles and I think my mom's been going through purging every piece of whatever she's got in her house right now. So she said, did it in 84. 86, 87. So I was, I think, maybe after junior year of high school, after junior year, senior year, and then a couple more years, I did that, did wow. the 10-mile swim. Mm. Um, and uh, like I said, it really wasn't, it, was like, it, it seems odd to say, but it really wasn't a big deal. My sister did some of it, like, um, you know, it was, it was in such a familiar body of water, and um, we took our time. We were, you know, our rowers were God knows what they were doing. They were like high school and college boys. So <laughs> they were like, half the time off doing slow. We're like, where are they? You know, half the time they're off doing like slalom um, <laughs> and having beer. We just paid them in sandwiches. And um, I don't know what they were. Yeah, they they were just like playing around. And, and um, it was just a fun thing to do. <laughs> and uh and it just seemed like all right you know kind of kind of do it and um and that was fun yeah we totally weren't weren't racing um but it was the first time I ever really tried to do anything like long with with swimming or different than different than the pool mm -hmm. um so and I really didn't it it laid the groundwork but it definitely wasn't like oh I'm inspired I want to win I wanna right do right this. So, was um, it like an out so, and back, or was it like a? No, it's length. So okay. it's in, it started at one town and ended in another, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, started in I think it started in Sherman and ended in Danbury. I know it ended in Danbury. So, um, 
was, that was the first time I saw milfoil. The end. <laughs> and I was so nearsighted, I couldn't see a thing. And my the guys in the boat were like, "Oh, we're almost there. We're almost there." I'm like, "Okay, really cool." And then, no, we're not almost there. So I couldn't, <laughs> but I couldn't. See a thing. I just remember I could not see a thing. Um, so, yeah. So that that was sort of where it started. Um, and then I went to college and, you know, it was kind of like a medium swimmer, nothing, definitely nothing amazing. I never swam club, I never did any of that stuff, but it was my social, it was great for me. I was such an introvert, it was, um, for me, really good socially, um, to be part of a team and stuff like that. So, um, but I... Well, the story is that it went, I came back to open water, that laying the groundwork was that I did did those things and kind of had it and knew that I could do it. And then I got to college, had a pretty severe head injury during orientation. Um, during orientation? Yes, during freshman orientation. So you should have seen me dropping my kids off. Um, and not that it had anything to do with, I mean, it was, I was riding a bike, so it wasn't anything. Um, that you could prevent really, but uh, riding a bike hit by a car. So, oh man, I, so, I, so I intended to swim at college. I tried my first year, I did not, did not go well. Um, and I was leaving the sport forever. I was never going to be on a pool deck, I was never going back to the pool ever mm. again. I've never heard that one before, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We began to that, and um. And then I think I got back home in the summer, obviously, and then the swimming was still happening in Canada. I was like, oh, all right, well, maybe I'll just do the five mile, whatever. Yeah, it didn't train. You know, so I sort of kind of came back and found that I could still enjoy the um, the motion of it. So I ended up coming back, um, obviously, and finding something about the open water and maybe pushing it, seeing if I could push it a little farther than I could before, um, mm -hmm. that type of thing. And I, I always had anxiety, so racing for me was, was very stressful. Um, mm -hmm. and so the, the, also the aspect of, okay, there's no start involved, there's, you could race, but it, it was sort of like after, after a while you could race, you didn't have to rely on your instincts and, and go split second. I couldn't, I could never really quite do that um, instinctive racing um like quick quick like that um so even before head injury i was not i was not necessarily the quickest uh you know the fast twitch muscles and um mm -hmm. so yeah so i came back to it and and found kind of a home there and then i moved here and i was still really not swimming much and i moved here where's here to, uh oh yeah <laughs> so massachusetts okay and i husband and we we long distance dated for a while from Connecticut to Mass and then I moved here to Massachusetts and um to be with him and then got engaged and all that and I somehow found myself at Walden Pond which is where everyone finds themselves now but back then it was sort of a new thing and um oh I know I signed up for the Boston Light that's what uh. I did oh I've swum 10 miles I can totally swim to, I mean I have no idea what I'm doing because I'm not a salt water <laughs> like lakes, you know, everything. So I'm like, oh, I don't know, whatever. I've done 10 miles a bunch of times. I can totally do this. So I did, I signed up for the Boston Life Swim with no business doing so. And I ended up going to Walden sometimes and training, doing some training there. And I was working at a health club. And so I had some 
whatever, some strength. And the day I did the Boston Light Swim, it was the most beautiful day ever. And it was like beautiful. I'm sure, of course, record was set that day. I don't know. Conditions were amazing. And so then I was like, then I was hooked because I thought I could do all this. I was like, see, it went just like transferred just like that. And it only took me, you know, three hours. It was quick. It was quicker than I ever thought. And it was so much fun and so beautiful. And it wasn't a wide open ocean like I thought it would be. It's just really, the Boston Light course is so, it's, again, I had no idea what I was doing. So it was, it's so beautiful. You just go island to island and bridge. There was, well, there's not a bridge anymore, but there was a bridge. And um, it was just really cool. And I, I, I loved everything about it. And so you could chase someone. You weren't really racing, but you could chase someone and you could, and you had people nearby, but not too nearby. And, um, and that, that feeling of finishing that was just incredible. And, uh, and yeah, so then I just kept doing that one. Uh-huh. And this was one milers around here. And back then it wasn't what it is now. It was like, call me the week before, you know, I remember getting calls the day before, oh, your boat captain uh, had a family emergency. You know, like people were bailing. I, I'd get there in the morning and not know if I had a boat. I'd get oh, there wow. like so casual. It was clearly not the same order. It was like two cops from, I don't remember who, but they were, they were, the, <laughs> they would go to the bars the night before and find uh, people with boats. I'll make a you know, you want to come? And they're like, all right, cool. So they come dragging these guys that in Southie from the bars and, uh, and bring them in. <laughs> yeah, it was very different. And, um, and I probably would have been scared, much more scared off had it been like it is now where you have to actually, uh, you know, prove, I don't know, you have to work much harder to get in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I, I, I'm not sure I would have been able to manage, it would have been like, Oh, I don't know. I'm not worthy. Like, I don't think I, and I never really thought about it because it was so casual. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met people like Fred Knight uh, way, way back and on the shores of Walden. And um, so and he was one of the first people who actually measured things accurately. <laughs> He's a scientist and uh, measured everything accurately. And, and that's when the Boston Life Swim started to be called eight miles instead of 10 miles. Oh. Um, I have all these I have old t-shirts that say 10 miles so um, but I know it's not you know and, <laughs> um, so yeah so it's a Boston Lake kind of I think I've done that six times maybe or something mm-hmm. um, and uh, had all sorts of results from that but I you know I've met some pretty incredible that dinner the night before has been really amazing thing you meet all the most incredible people and everyone's backgrounds are so fascinating yeah and uh so it's just really it's, it's a really that's that that event probably for me even more than candlewood like even though the lakeland was cool but i didn't but in my adult life my post brain injury life my post everything life it was probably the light swim that kind of showed me i could maybe do this right can you describe so when the completing of the swim, you know, like so the first time you did a ten mile swim as a teenager, compared to like this post brain injury, was there, like how was how was that for you? Like how would you describe the difference in completing a marathon swim? Um, I mean, it was it was 
that's an interesting question. I think, you know, when I was a teenager, um, I, I think we finished and it was like through these weeds and got out and our voters made us a wreath to put on our heads. And it was like, oh, neat, this is fun. And like, all right, we're going to a concert. Okay, let's do you know, like, like, <laughs> It's just part then, of your teenage life. <laughs> I, got a, I got a weird sunburn. Um, and, uh, and then later, I think it became, it became, I definitely swim now with so much more gratitude. I mean, I really took for granted, and I think we all do. I mean, I watch my kids who are 20 and 22, and I'm like, you take for granted what your body can do. And before my head injury, I, I've had, I, I know enough to know that I had no connection. I think I once, one uh, doctor put it really well, like, you, okay, you had no connection to your body before, like, you were just, I mean, I banged into everything, I fell down all the time, like, I was so <laughs> just like a cup, basically, and, mm-hmm. and I still kind of, basically, no sense of your body. I really don't remember any feel for the water, like, I don't remember any, like, there was nothing the water really gave me like it gives me now so mm-hmm. but after the head injury I have much more sense because I had to recover and I had to learn things again like and then luckily I didn't have to learn like walking talking but mine was mostly memory um memory and I lost some uh lost some cognitive some cognitive stuff uh-huh. so it's reading like reading and writing the mental parts of those things that were the problem, not physical. I, luckily, I did not have to relearn, like, how to physically do things. Yeah. Um, so it was all very invisible. So anyway, but I had to, but anyway, I'm much more at, um, understanding of what my body is doing now, and I'm much more grateful. So I, you know, when I finished swims, like, like the light swims back then, and um, I definitely have a sense of, even back then, in my 20s, like, having that wonder and having that, just like that gratefulness um, that I definitely didn't have as a teenager. I mean, mm-hmm. That was, yeah, it was just like, oh, interesting. And, and then, um, but I mean, you certainly have a sense of, wow, there's a good chance I would not be doing this had things, had things slightly gone differently. So, um, and once you have a, once you have an occasion like that, where you kind of have to, you're forced to restart, a lot of things, um, it changes, well, it changes everything. But yeah. also, I, it's, the interesting connection to the body is that I think it helps me, the compartmentalizing, like being able to kind of ignore some things that my body is telling me, and, but sensory-wise, there's some sensory issues that I think open water swimming has, it, it's helped me because I can get through stuff physically and ignore it and compartmentalize and be like okay put that piece over there and I can keep swimming Mm -hmm. um and so and I haven't quite honestly figured out how to articulate it (laughs) (laughs) Um, but um but there's something to that there's something to that being able to notice and yoga has taught me I've done a lot of yoga and that's taught me a lot of it notice what's going on in your body and being like oh okay let's not panic. Um, let's think about that again in five minutes, you know, like, and let's consider this again later. And, um, so it's so, there are definitely some gifts I got from, from that head injury that 
stay with me and, and are, are definitely help me in, in things like endurance events. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think you trust, I know you just, yeah, the minute by minute stuff is more natural. So, um, yeah. Once you've almost, almost, you know, lost it. Um, so, but yeah, it, it's, there's more gratefulness every, every year. <laughs> right. Right. Um, can, can you tell us about this one that you're most proud of? Hmm. Um, I'm proud of a few of them for different ways. I think one of my hardest ones, and I was just reading somebody's blog post about this this morning, so it's on my mind. Um, one of my the most proud ones was uh, Lake Tahoe, um, mm-hmm. mostly because I it was really hard. <laughs> it was really hard. And I didn't know how hard it was going to be, and I didn't understand altitude. I didn't know how I'd react to altitude. I'd never been anywhere altitude, so hmm. I just sort of was like, all right, I'll just go and do it. And, um, and yeah, so ignorance is bliss. So I threw up the whole time, and <sighs> it was really, 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 really wanted to get out. And I was really cold, <laughs> and I'm hardly ever cold, so I scared myself. You know, I scared myself at that point. Um, and that was probably one of the hardest things I ever, I've ever gotten through and finished. Yeah. Did you um, swim overnight? Yeah. I started yeah. at sunset. Yeah. And um, which, yeah. And we're not sure. My, my husband's still now, all these years later, still like, I don't know why anyone would start that. <laughs> He's still wondering <laughs> about that. But so I know there was a, re- I know there was a, plan in place so I just followed you know whatever the yeah. guy told me to do and um and it was fine I mean it, it was but yeah it wasn't we, we did this bizarre back route to get there and where we like went over these cliffs and so I didn't eat anything you know it was like it's just it was just a perfect storm um mm. and and uh yeah like I said I think the altitude definitely I learned a lot and um but yeah I was pretty proud of that that was the one where I really like I said, I really, really wanted to get out, and I, and basically the guy in the boat, um, Jamie, was like, "This is why you came, mm-hmm. you know, this happened here," and and that was really profound for me. And I was just like, "You're right, actually, this is why I'm here, and it's to get through this and finish it." And um, but yeah, I was just miserable. Um, yeah. And uh, so yeah, I mean, it was such a beautiful place too. It was so amazing. But anyway, so that's I think most proud of it because I because I really persevered on that one and and um and I think yeah for me that one was that was big because I had hadn't done anything that was like uh I don't know I you get good weather you get whatever you get good conditions and that one was like okay it wasn't good today really the sun was out but that was about it um it was a good condition particularly it was not you know I didn't have a tailwind I didn't have this this and this and um so, I'm just so, yeah, so I think horrible the whole time doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get yeah. 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 Tahoe's a tricky yeah. one. Yeah. Is there is there anything that you haven't finished? Um, sure. Um, yeah, I have a lot of things I haven't finished. And I think one of the one of the things that set me on this the reason I'm probably still swimming now was that ten years ago I went to swim the English Channel and 
um, I went and I, my whole window was weathered. I got blown out. So mm-hmm. we went to Dover, my parents came, you know, it was like this big thing. And then we didn't, I didn't get to swim. And so I was, you know, devastated. It wasn't, of course, you know, that could happen, but I was, I was really upset. And, um, and so I grabbed the slot the next year because I was basically like grasping, trying to figure out what to do next. And I grabbed yeah. the slot the next year, um, but in June, which is kind of stupid in retrospect, but um, yeah, it's freezing in June. I mean, it's like <laughs> ridiculous. But I took a slot in June <laughs> and uh, just to get it done and um, jumped right on that and, and tried to get right back in there. And I went over and I, I was able to get in and um, there was a day, Marcy, um, Marcy McDonald did a crossing that day, but she was the only other one who was in. And um, so it was cold, and she was like, yeah, I don't think you should, you know, basically she was like, I don't think anyone other than me should, then she should have gone in. But um, mm. but it was it was cold, and it wasn't that calm. But, but the upshot of it is, I think I had a panic attack. What I think now is that I had a panic attack. I got in, and I started to swim, and then I like threw up immediately and I was so nervous and I had to wait all day. It was like a weird thing where then I, you know, but I basically what it was is I had a panic attack um, and I started swimming the wrong way and away from the boat and it was broad daylight <laughs> swimming, you know, away. And it, I don't know, I might've been in for like an hour. I, I don't even know. Um, so you know, and the first, first couple of years after that, I was like, yeah, it was the weather. And it might have been the weather. I mean, it wasn't great. Um, and But I think it really was, I think it was a panic. I think it was actual panic attack. So much was built up. So much was, there was way too much riding on it in my head. Right. You know, no right. one else was there. Obviously, no one cared. But for me, it was too much. And I shouldn't have rushed. I shouldn't have done. I went too emotional. I didn't, I didn't do things the way I should have done mm-hmm. um and um I was just determined to get it in there so anyway so that set me up for then I went to Memphis. I think a couple months later and I did the length of Memphis Magog as a rebound, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Just> a rebound. <laughs> and so that made me feel better so I was like okay all right I can do this then and that was before that was before Tahoe and before all those things so basically that was my first super long I had done 15 miles and I had done a lot of those but I before I tried the English channel but I hadn't done anything super long and that was my first super long thing and then after that so super long being like in the 20s is that what you're saying super long um and uh so I had I yeah so that kind of set me up and made me want to figure this out um and and kind of left me wanting more. I'm not sure if I had done it my first time, and I think I could have done it my first time. I had trained right. I knew I was, you know, and um, if I had done it my first time, I'm not sure that that all the rest would have happened. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. My best things have happened since then. So. Yeah. Um, in terms of this stuff. Uh, so that was really a learning, and I think it made me. I'm a coach, I'm a parent, so I think all these. Anytime you have the discipline, oh, I, I mean, I didn't finish, you asked if I didn't finish, I didn't finish Lake Champlain uh, several times because I didn't even start Lake Champ- the crossing of Lake Champlain once because we got over there and I threw up on the boat 
And the guy was like, you are not getting off this boat. <laughs> and I, I also, I didn't, I, yeah, it was a couple times. Oh yeah. I've not finished a lot of things. Um, you know, that's how you learn. When you first start this, you're like, I'm going to try and push it my way. Like, I see all these people, and they, they seem to know what they're doing, but I don't really like, you know, whatever, whatever. So yeah. you try yep. your nutrition, and that doesn't work. <laughs> but you have to try it. That's what, like, as a parent, like, you have to watch your kids, like, hey, I know that's not going to work, but you can try it. Yep. So I tried those different things, and that was stupid. You know, like, I do have some, I have some motion sickness issues um, from from head injury stuff that I, I'm going to have, I'm going to throw up, I'm going to do it. I'm going to throw up and I'm going to have to just keep swimming. And that's just yeah. the way it's going to be. Um, CBD oil has helped me a bit with that. Um, I will say that for some reason has helped my um, motion sickness a good mm. amount. Interesting. Not entirely erased it. I know. I don't know. You know, and I can't do the bands and the this and the that. Um, but so Excedrin migraine probably helps me more than anything. Hmm, um, interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like a migraine, actually. But anyway, um, so but learning definitely when you don't finish things, you learn way more than you do when you do. Because when you right. do finish things, like, a lot of things come together. Your your the weather, you know, is is good enough. The everything is good enough. Your nutrition was good enough. Your everything was good enough. Um, but when you don't finish, you gotta look at what what it was it in your power or not. And sometimes it is in, in your power. I mean, sometimes it has nothing to do with you. Um, mm-hmm. And you have to kind of come to terms with that. And then sometimes, sometimes it was things that you should have done better, could have done better, and that you can fix for the next mm-hmm. time. Um, and so I feel like, you know, anyone who succeeds all the time, it doesn't, it isn't ready for that for that really big failure that's it. not failure but for that really big non-finish that's coming mm. um it's gonna it's gonna happen um and i think yeah it, it definitely is uh those those first few where you get thinking like you're you're invincible is where that's where you're really set up for um for a fall because then you're really devastated then you're then you don't understand how things could have gone so wrong so um at least now yeah you just learn you know you you learn things and you try things in training and then you still hate them and you you know it's like you halfway through a swim the other my uh, halfway through a swim last week I was like yeah I don't want that anymore and my husband's like what do you mean I was like well I don't like that drink anymore he's like well this is what we have I was like I know but I don't like it why didn't you bring whatever? I was like, well, I didn't know I wasn't going to like it. You know? <laughs> so now, all these things like list for next year, like, okay, bring a can of Coke, bring a can of, you know, like, what are you going to, you know, you got to bring everything just in case. Cause you, you know, you're going to start hating something in the middle of the swim. And, but yeah, so trial and error, it definitely um, has been, has been most helpful. <laughs> and listening to other people help too, but mostly, because, like, uh, listening to other people helps a lot just because you feel like, okay, I'm part of a community and, and they understand what I'm going through. I don't necessarily use, like, tips, helpful tips from other people, I guess. But, yeah. Um, but I'm sometimes a little too stubborn to do that. But uh, I do think that we definitely learn, certainly, 
the internet has been an amazing, such an amazing gift to open water swimming. Like having having done it before the internet is, you know, there's nothing, no information whatsoever. So right. now, like you have a question, you're like what bathing suit should I get? And you put it out there, and like fifty people 50, respond. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, this suit sucks. Like it's like you just go through them, and you're like, oh, well, this one's not good, and then this one's not good, and so um. And yeah, you actually, yeah. So, so yeah, it's such a different thing now where you can just reach out and ask people. So. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know what <laughs> That's good. You covered some good uh, tips for aspiring marathon swimmers. We are running out of time, unfortunately, but I, um, I was wondering if you had a, a favorite swim memory that you could share with us. Um, I think, I think one of the favorite, my favorite swims that I've done is uh, Scar and it was something I didn't expect to really like. So I was like, I do not want to get up every day. I was really scared because I didn't think I could do it um, mentally. And it was just, but it was so um, otherworldly and beautiful there. And it was just a place I had never been. And I just, that whole sense of, um, I swim by myself a lot, almost all the time. And basically having like Doritos, with it, just Debbie and I are still joking about these Doritos, but um having Doritos and like nuts on a dock with another woman after the end of SCAR uh, in the middle of the night because we were waiting for our kayakers to find us to come back and get us in the car and um, just like having that sense of community and I don't like I said I'm a solo definitely a solo swimmer um, but having that sense of community at SCAR was really neat uh, mm -hmm. and something I won't ever forget. Um, and just the background to it, the smells and the sights and the, of Arizona at that time, and um, having that as the backdrop to it was really, really and feeling like part of something, even though I was doing my own project. That was a really neat thing. So yeah. that was really fun. Yeah. 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 Um, I recommend Scar for anybody who has who can make it happen. <laughs> I do have to say one more swim memory though was something like last week where I swam um, at my parents house my quarantine sort of swim was but my parents are getting older and they were certainly my first supporters and um but them having them cheering for me on land was really cute and like having my kids kayak for me is so amazing yeah um it's such a little it, like it's, it's I don't really get emotional about my own swims I cry when I watch other people's but I but I do think that that was such a remarkable thing to have my kids and my parents like be part of something. So even though it wasn't what I wanted to do this year, it was it was a really a really really neat thing to have them. Because I did Boston Light when I was pregnant with my son. So um, the fact that he is now kayaking for me and I'm still doing these things all these years later. <laughs> so I love cool. That. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah. He, he I'll be get really special when he does the Boston Light, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. But I right. yeah. <laughs> Hold out hope that he'll actually swim it outside of me someday, but we'll see. <laughs> Very cool. Um, what marathon swimmer has inspired you? Um, I say I was thinking about this this morning because I thought you might ask this. I would say um, one of the people that's been probably the most really kind to me, and as I was learning, was Liz Fry. Hmm. Um, 
And, you know, she's just such a neat person. She's just, she was more than anything, she was super patient when I had all these stupid questions. And I was sort of just like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And, and it was kind of fun because she started with the Candlewood Swim as well, although she, I think, won it. Like, she was probably already hauled back home and had a showered. But um, we did it for different reasons. But, uh, but she started with that. And she just was a really cool um you know, she's really understated about her accomplishments and was very, like I said, very patient and very kind to me. And I, I valued that because not everyone is like that. I mean, you know, yeah, it's, it's great and, and the people are amazing, but it's not always amazing to try to get into a group. It's not, it's not always amazing to try to take up something new. And like I said, the internet helps, but before the internet, it was really just like, maybe you could email someone, but that was it. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I would say that Liz just being kind and encouraging and, like, remembering who I was, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> a year later, I went into her and, like, said hi to my mom, and I, you know, it was, like, it was just the nicest thing that she remembered who I was, I thought. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's just little things like that, so, and that's what I tell the high schoolers I coach, is, like, you know, when you're a senior in high school and you say nice things to the freshmen, they remember forever. It's like, yeah. and so it was that kind of dynamic where it's like, she said hi to me. <laughs> and, uh, and you try to kind of pass that, that kindness on. So, yep. um, so, so true. That's, that's cool. Yeah. I'm glad you're coaching high school kids and passing that on. That's really good. Good. That's... It, it brings a lot, it brings a lot of things together for me. So, uh, they, I get to be inspired every day. They're they're who they're inspiring teenagers, but um, that's I get I get to get inspired every day. So pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time today, Jennifer. It's been wonderful hearing your story. <laughs> I'm sorry you couldn't see my hair and everything. Though. I know you brush it. You could send us a picture. <laughs> I it when I got out of the pool and everything, and uh, I still can't get on. It's so bizarre. I, I restarted. So anyway, they'll probably connect as soon as I hang up with you. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can always join us any Tuesday. We're here. (laughs) Next week, we're talking to Ching. (laughs) I was able to access it from Zoom, so I knew I could do it. But but yeah, thank you. It was so so oddly awkward to talk because I don't even know who's listening. (laughs) (laughs) Judy and Janine and Diane and Jocelyn and Caroline and Bridget and Gia and Lynn and Ching and myself. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so much for giving me a chance to talk. It gets me all excited. Now I'm all, I'm all like ready to, I've got to go, go coach some teenagers from my kayak. We're doing open water this summer. So um, not sure I'm making any converts, but at least they're doing, doing something. So. <laughs> yes, you got them out there doing something. That's what they need to do. That's all right, you guys. Cool. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Shannon. This is really great. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> See you next time. Bet. Are you ready to swim smarter? Check out my virtual Efficient Swimming Basics program at intrepidwater.com. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. 
Thanks for listening. 